Good afternoon and welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block, a special Friday edition as I was not available on Wednesday because of the Jewish holiday of Yom Kippur. So good afternoon, everybody. And we have four out of five. We are sadly missing Gina today. Hopefully she'll be back with us on Wednesday. Um, I'm going to, uh, Mike, I'll pick on you. What's the big story of the week? Ooh, the big story of the week. That's that's a tough big, one. The biggest story of the week. It is a tough one. Uh, I mean, I feel like there's just like a number of stories out there. We've got the Hunter Biden story. I think the a big story continues to be the FBI acting like a Gestapo and going after uh, people who are conservatives and pro-life with guns, um, you know, ready to go. Break, you know, basically. Uh, breaking in their 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 homes and arresting them it's there's just like so much craziness i'm not sure where to start to be honest with you okay well it's easy to link the fbi breaking into homes with the hunter biden story at least got the double standard link so that's something i don't know if hunter biden's story is that big a story and then what's your biggest story of the week i think the biggest story of the week continues to be the the blow up of nord stream the the pipeline and the impact on the war between Russia and Ukraine. Okay. Ed P., what's your biggest story? I tend to think it's the FBI being out of control. I realize that's a um, bet noir for me. Um, but uh, the, um, I, I think their, their arrest of the pro-life people was illegitimate. But even if these um, pro-life people did in fact break the law. I don't think that's true, but if they did, then um, the me mechanism for arresting him, um, that is sending a, you know, 30 armed agents to yeah. the person's house rather than like knocking calmly on the door and saying, hey, we have an arrest warrant for you, which they would do for any other nonviolent offender. Right. Um, I, I think that just shows that the FBI is, is, long on the way uh, to being uh, the, the Stasi that um, I think we've all called it. And uh, now I, I I think the Hunter thing, um, I'm not sure, I'm, I'll make a prediction. I'm, I'm gonna say, you know, nothing's gonna come of it. Um, I think this is, uh, you know, obviously Hunter violated the law in a number of ways. Um, but uh, I don't care, to be honest. Um, yeah. The, the, uh, the, you know, I don't care. About I, care. Smoking, I, I don't care about him smoking crack. I don't care about him having prostitutes. Yeah. I, 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 you know, his, his selling influence with his father, that's certainly yep. a crime. That's not what he's right. going to be charged with. And, no, in, and, and in fact, uh, as, we've dis as we discussed during the Trump presidency, um, the president can't be charged um, by, for a federal crime when he's in office because you can't prosecute yourself and we have a, um, you know, a singular executive. <clears throat> so right. there's nothing that's going to happen with regard to the big guy. And I think that's, you know, that's the real crime. I, I, I don't think that uh, Hunter was the mastermind behind this corruption scheme. I think uh, to, to the extent that anyone was the mastermind, it was the Biden's brother, James, who I think was... Um, really the guy who was running the influence peddling scheme yeah. uh, behind the scenes. Hunter was just, you know, one player 
the big guy was another player. There were other Biden family members and cronies who were in the mix. Um, and if you were going to go for influence peddling, you know, I, I think you, I think Hunter is the easy target, but James is kind of the, I mean, obviously Biden, but you can't, the president can't charge himself with a crime. But, right. you know, if, I mean, listen, but whole, James whole... Biden or, or it would be more realistic as a, you know, um, you know, a, a Keystone Cops godfather, right? I mean, this is not, you know, Corleone we're talking about. These these guys are, are not very bright, but uh, I think that James is probably the yeah. the guy, Listen, guy behind. I mean, this has never really been about Hunter for me. It's about Joe Biden. I mean, the whole family's corrupt. It starts with him. He's, he's the, at the head yeah. of it. But the, the real question becomes why? Why are they doing this now? And I heard Mark Levin talk about it last night. His, his theory is as good as any. It's, you know, that they're going to go after some lower level thing. And then, you know, Garland gets to say, hey, look, see, I'm fair, equal justice before the law, and soften it all up so they can go after Trump. I tend to think that different. what they're going to do is either <laughs> either put out a lot of leaks saying it's coming, it's coming, and then not do anything before November 8th, or yeah. I, I think it's even too close now. It's October 7th. I think it's really even too close to do an indictment so, uh, from their you know, the standpoint of the Justice Department having this policy that they're not going to do politically charged indictments within 60 days of an election. So yeah. we're, uh, it won't do it. So I think we're just going to get, um, I, I think we're just going to get leak and leak and story and story and yeah. leak. And then after the election, it's going to quietly go away. Yeah, not to I have a different the theory. 60, the 60 to 90 day thing before an election when no Biden is a candidate is stretching it, in my opinion. Yeah. Go ahead, well, Ed. I said, I have a different theory. I think that this is all a coordinated effort to make Biden step down. I think that they're going to charge him after the election. Biden's going to pardon his son. He's not going to let his son get prosecuted. And he's going to announce that he won't run or he's going to, I don't know if he'll step down, but he'll say that I'm not running. Maybe he'll. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that a lot of this is, there's a lot of feeling in the, in the, um, not just the Democratic Party, but the establishment in general, um, that Biden should step aside for someone else and in 2024. He clearly doesn't know what he's doing, um, you know, whether he gets us into a nuclear war, small or large. That's not going to do much for the Democrats. Um, there is a big crash coming. Uh, I think the United States is going to be OK this winter, but there's going to be hundreds of thousands of dead Europeans due to um, their idiotic uh, green energy policy combined with the Nord Stream pipeline, combined with the uh, the you know sanctions against Russia, combined with the <clears throat> I, I don't know whether you guys knew it was under the radar, but you know OPEC decided to cut production. Now the rationale behind OPEC deciding to cut production from the OPEC standpoint, the public rationale was we're going into a major recession. We don't want to feed oil into that to have the price of oil crashed from whatever it is today, 100 bucks a, a barrel down to like 10 or 12, like it did before. So we're going to preemptively cut so that as the recession comes, um, the price is not going to crash. Now, that was the but the real reason, the real reason is the Saudis are very mad at the Biden administration for trying to resurrect the Iran deal. I, the Biden administration is working with Russian diplomatic intermediaries, as well as the Europeans, to try to resurrect 
the Iran deal, take sanctions off Iran, uh, liberate trade with Iran, uh, bring Iran back into the uh, you know community of nations, and as as long as they promise for ten years, ten years being key in Islam, if you hadn't known, um, not to make nuclear weapons, and the Saudis are absolutely livid that the Biden administration is going to do this. They're really mad when Obama did it in the first place. But I think there was more of a sense that it, it, it could be made to work. I think now they know it can't be made to work and, and they're really livid at them. And so this was a big FU to FJB um, for trying to resurrect the Iran deal. And I think um, I, I don't think the Saudis are throwing in with the Russians or any of that uh, nonsense that you see in the Washington Post. But what they are telling uh, Joe Biden is that, um, you know, if you want us to be friends, then you've got to be friends and not speak to our mortal enemies. And I think that's what what caused that. And, and that is also going to cause the price of uh, gasoline to go up right before the election. We are going to have a big crash. Usually it's in October. It hasn't happened yet. It's been a slow kind of decline. Um, and I think it's it's basically apocalyptic from the Democrats' perspective. And and I, I think they want, now I don't think they have anybody who could run. Who, who You know, Gavin Newsom, AOC. I mean, I don't know who they're going to run in 24 that, that's going to, um, you know, be better than uh, Joe. What, what, you know, they need a, a person of color to run. Uh, and if you look, you know, Cory Booker, I, Stacey, I don't know. Stacey Abrams. Come on, Stacey Abrams. Stacey, Stacey Abrams. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she, the, she's insane, but she speaks well, you know. I, I don't know what to tell you. But I do think the whole oil thing is a big story that no, uh, nobody caught the fact that um, the real reason behind uh, Saudi Arabia uh, giving the middle finger to FJB. And I think all that's right. And I mean, I've been calling for a, I've been predicting a crash was coming for a long time and it's already October 7th. And I'm starting to wonder if I'm going to be just either wrong entirely or just wrong in the timing. But I, I couldn't agree more. I think that uh, the Fed continuing to dig in on the rate hikes is putting a lot of pressure on the world economy. And I think that uh, the Saudi cut of, of the OPEC oil cut and the Nord Stream blow up is really going to harm the Europeans tremendously. And uh, I, I think that Europe is going to fall first. They're going to be the ones that get hit hard first. But I think that the whole world is in for a, a, a really bad winter. I, I, if you look at like the North Sea, there was a map on Twitter the other day of, of all of the North Sea oil and gas resources that have not yet been put in production, right? Okay, so it's not the ones that are already there. It's the fields that have not yet been put in pr production. There was a little dot yeah, it, it, everywhere there's field. And it was like the entire North Sea is filled with dots, right? Norway, Britain, Germany, Denmark. They all have all of this exploitable oil and gas resources in their own territory. And their insane green energy policies are causing them to freeze this winter. Um, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a particular fan of autarky like most um, libertarian types. I think, uh, you know, the trade is good. 
but there are some reasons and we can see them right now why uh, you know large countries so call it the EU or the United States um, needs to have uh, certain important commodities like energy uh, and, and steel and aluminum right. uh, and microchips and pharmaceuticals. Uh, uh, we might not have to have everything, but we have to have a, a substantial fraction of uh, production in our own, uh, you know, country air area, you know, um, because these, uh, you know, in a, in a purely libertarian world, of course, it wouldn't matter. We could just trade with anyone, but we don't live in that world. We live in a world dominated by dictators and bombs and and whatnot. And it's it's called economic suicide. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, and so I think the, uh, you know, I think I think the standard uh, Ricardo analysis is is a little um, fantastic. I mean, it's in a fantasy world, um, and and it's right in that little sandbox where Ricardo was making his, um, you know, comparative you advan advantage. Com argument. Comparative advantage. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, obviously given the input, given the given the constraints and the premises behind Ricardo's analysis, of course he's right, you know, of course he's right. Um, but that's not the way the real world works. And, uh, and you know, one can refute Ricardo, uh, you know, fairly easily, refute comparative advantage really easily. And, and that is the fundamental philosophical uh, justification for globalism is comparative advantage and Ricardo. Um, and and yet you can refute them in about five minutes if you if you really think about it. Um, and and some people have thought about it. And uh, but it's kind of gotten to be a dogma now. Um, well, I don't know. We're we're going to find out that he's wrong. Now, part of it's due to the green insanity, but a lot of it's due to the, you know, oh yeah, Russia has oil and gas. We'll buy for them, and we'll do something else. Like we'll house migrants. That's the thing. Russia can produce gas and will house migrants. That's the comparative advantage. <clears throat> okay. So it's been a cold winter. Even, even if they indict Hunter Biden, it'll be on something weak. Nothing will come of it. And or his dad. Well, it already him. is. Uh, it already is. The gun charge is a joke compared to... Well, well, actually, I have 10 years in prison, but it's not going to go anywhere because, yes, he'll be pardoned. Biden will pay nothing for it because he can't be prosecuted and he's not running again and he'll be dead in a couple of years. So I, I think he won't be prosecuted. I, I've, I've read just before the show that, um, that you know, all of us have probably bought firearms, probably not you in New York because you're not allowed, but the rest of us have bought firearms. And you, so I, uh, you fill out the form 4473 which, um, and you, you swear under penalty of perjury, a bunch of things, you're not a convicted felon, you're not on drugs, a couple of these things. And, um, you know, you're not allowed to smoke marijuana. That's one of the things, because it's still schedule one federally, and this is a federal form. And um, except for me, uh, you know, a ton of people who have guns and buy guns uh, smoke marijuana nowadays. Uh, because it's legal in all sorts of states. And they check that same box Hunter Biden did on the 4473, and they absolutely do not get prosecuted. 
So it, it, yes, it's a crime. Yes, it, it carries a 10 year sentence. No, I do not think they're going to indict him on it because they don't indict anybody on it, really. Well, again, unless, I mean, it's just, unless it's just for show. Do it for no, show. I think it's not for show. I think it's part of the, the selective prosecution that, that we're seeing. It's usually aimed at our side, but I think that Biden has fallen out of favor and it's going to be used against him. Well, if it is, if there are, if there's serious indictments against Hunter, um, then it's definitely the establishment turning against Biden. You know, there was this idea, there was this idea in the spring where there's this going to be this huge red wave. And we talked about the, the generic, you know, the generic Republican Democrat poll being like plus 10 Republican, which if had carried through to the, you know, the um, election day, it would be like the, the largest win, 60, 80, 100 seats for the Republicans. Um, you know, a couple of things intervened. A, a couple of things intervened to bring that down. Um, I think the, uh, you know, the, the, Roe, Dob- Roe the Dobbs decision, yeah, the Roe thing, I think uh, uh, the fact is that- you really the, think, I don't think that the Dobbs decision is having any impact. I mean, the Democrats- I agree with you on that one. I think it gave them a pretty big issue to run on and they are using it. Yeah, I got and then and then the Republicans like Lindsey Graham just introduced a, a federal abortion ban. Right. We just yeah. 50 years are saying yeah. it's not a federal issue. It's not a federal issue. It should go back to the states and go back to the states. It's not a federal issue. And then and nanosecond after the Supreme Court says, you know, you're right. It's not a federal issue. The first thing an idiot Republican does is um, introduce a bill to federalize uh, abortion. It, it's just is it. I, He's got to be a secret Democrat. I mean, come on. He has to. I think I've heard a poll of upwards of 68% of the people oppose the the Dobbs decision. You know what I mean? So that tells you you're peeling off people who generally may be pro-life, maybe with us, but are saying, hey, why the hell did you do that? So I just don't think it motivated. I don't think it changed anybody's mind. I don't think it made anybody more or less likely to vote. I don't see that as being more important. I'm not with you on that one. Yeah, the polls I'm hearing are that that's way down on what's important to people, way down below crime, inflation, immigration, et cetera. And I don't think- Remember- For us, for us, for people- No, for regular folks who can't afford to buy gas. And- Remember what I said though, Stephen. I said in April and May, it looked like a Republican sweep. Then we got the leak. Then we got the decision in June. Then it went down again. And you, I didn't- Finish, but now in September and October, as uh, oh, and gasoline uh, prices declined over the summer. Now gasoline prices are going back up. Inflation is going back up. The um, you know the uh, unemployment remains low officially, but a lot of people are uh, uh, going out of the jobs market. Right. And and I think everybody's expecting a um, economic you know a two thousand eight like economic collapse. And then there's the prospect of nuclear war. And I think I think the regime uncertainty has gotten to the point where people are not uh, doing the long-term investments anymore. I don't think there's anybody who's not doing long-term investments because, you know, the Fed funds rate is 3.75 instead of zero. That That's ridiculous. 3.75 is perfectly reasonable for a capitalist economy. Um, but I do think people are thinking that stuff is is going to hit the fan pretty soon and that's causing anxiety and i think the it's turning back towards 
uh, the Republicans. And yeah, the, I, the Fed has and said I, explicitly that they're gonna that they're gonna break things. That they're they're gonna ride this out. They don't. They they're not gonna stop even if un, if unemployment ticks up. They're not gonna stop even if the economy goes south. Yeah, I mean, they're going to do the Paul Volcker thing, right? They're, it's going to be Paul Volcker all over again, and uh, they need to. I, I don't want to tell you. I mean, I, uh, I think I can show you this because I think I actually have it on my screen. Now I'm going to have to uh, – you're going to have to let me show it. But this is, um, this is the M1, <laughs> okay? <laughs> this is the M1 money supply uh, by the St. Louis Fed. Um, and you can see 2008 there in the last gray line. Um, and uh, then something happens in 2020, which sends it from $4 trillion to $20 trillion. And that's the M1. I mean, uh, so do we understand why there's inflation now? I mean, and look, it's ticked down. At the very end, you can see it's ticked down. And that is the current Fed policies. Now, tick it all the way down to $4 trillion, I, I think that would just destroy us. But the, the whole um, we're going to keep feeding you heroin thing is um, is over. I think it's over. They're, they're not going to feed heroin and they're going to, you know, they're going to continue this downward uh, uh, trajectory for a while anyway. Um, but that's why we yeah. have inflation right there. Well, agreed. And I, I think it's a little more than that. I mean, I, if you want to talk about the inflation, I think the reason they why did they print all that money? They printed all that money to finance government spending. Oh, COVID. Problem, it it right. was the COVID spending. Yeah. The, yeah, the problem was all the government spending and the Fed monetized that debt, meaning they printed money in order to finance it. And now they need they realized that there was too much spending. So they're trying to kill consumer spending and business investment spending. Instead of telling the, the the Congress, you need to cut government spending. Yeah. And that's what's going on right now. Um, but as far as the Paul Volcker analogy, you have to remember that as long as, as long as inflation is higher than the interest rate, I don't think that the interest rate, it, it, it seems unlikely that the interest rates are going to bring down inflation until they go higher than the inflation rate. The other thing I think we should look at um, just briefly is the U.S. Treasury yield curve. Um, this is what's known as an inverted uh, yield curve, where the long-term interest rates, as you can see on the right hand of the diagram, are, are lower than the short-term uh, or shorter-term interest rates here in the six-month, one-year, two-year, three-year. And that it, it historically is a 100% indication uh, that there's going to be a recession. Um, why do you keep saying going to be a recession? We've had two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Yeah, okay. So two consecutive quarters of less than 1% growth is a recession. But I mean a real recession. I mean like 6% decline, 10% decline. A, 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 an actual 2008 complete crash. And they won't have anything to fight it because they can't... Um, they can't lower the interest rates or print money because they are not going to have the money to print and or they, um, uh, you know, they'll just uh, fire up the inflation again. So they're in a real tough situation. 
Well, let me speculate for you. And maybe the goal is to create exactly that kind of crisis, use it to replace the dollar with a di- central bank digital currency. And once the, once the money is all electronic, inflating becomes a lot easier. I mean, it's, it literally is just a matter of putting zeros in somebody's bank account. And it also gives them a lot of control to say, well, you can, we'll put money in your bank account, but you can only spend it at Walmart or Target or Amazon or whatever our favorite businesses are. And if you don't spend it by next Sunday, it's going to disappear. So they can, they can use it to create a lot more inflation a lot faster than they have right now. Let me ask a question. Okay. Do we all agree that if the Republicans don't trounce the Democrats, that that's the missed opportunity of the century and that's inexcusable that really they should. And my second question is, if the Republicans trounce the Democrats, will it make a, any difference to the economy at all? No, I to the we, latter question. <laughs> no. I, I don't think that's uh, necessarily fair, right? Because when we've had a Democratic president and a Republican Congress in the past, Clinton, Obama, there has been relative restraint in spending. I said relative restraint, not you know, restraint. Clinton, there was actual restraint, but in uh, you know in Obama, there was you know he went off and spent all that money, and then when the Republicans took over in 2010, there became a relative restraint. There was the sequestration and whatnot. Um, so I think it's possible that there would be some sort of pullback on spending. I think there's, uh, I think there's a rationale for it too, those 87,000 new IRS agents. That's the rationale. And if they're cutting IRS agents, um, there are other things they can cut too, like FBI agents. Yeah, but I mean, the reality is Biden's going to veto anything that they try and pass. Steve, I think that win, lose, or draw, no matter what happens, I think this is a totally blown opportunity for the Republicans. They had a total, they had a chance to really define issues, to, to make this election about crime, to make this election about the, the destruction that the, that the FBI is, is per- perpetrating on innocent people. They had a chance to make this election about protecting our women and girls from having biological males in their locker rooms and their bathrooms and in their college sports. Uh, there were a lot of big issues that are that wouldn't have required any courage at all. They're very popular if the Republicans had just picked them up and said, okay, we're going to run on these things. But, but they didn't. They didn't run on any. I mean, the COVID shots, not a single one of them is, is talking about the damage that these COVID shots are doing. Not a single one of them, you know, you guys, you guys are big in New Hampshire. You know, Sununu is still dictator Sununu, according to, to Alu. Yeah. Not a single Republican is talking about limiting the power of, of executives, whether at the state or federal level, to, to impose these dictates on people. This is a missed opportunity that was right there for, for any reasonable person to, to pick up and run with. Now, this commitment 100%. to America thing, is it it's total, absolute, worthless garbage? It's a joke. It's a joke. Oh, it's yeah. a joke. Right. Even, I, even, I was even shocked. If, I even, even if it had some substance to it, nobody cares. You know, you, you need... Well, you no, the reason nobody cares yeah. is because 
Not just that it doesn't have. You have to have your finger on the pulse and know how to market things. No, no. Nobody wants a reiteration of the contract with America. They're looking for something. Well, but no. Let me let me disagree slightly there, Mike. I I think, like for instance, they they want to hire two hundred thousand more police officers. That's part of the commitment to America. And in a vacuum, okay, that sounds good. But when you look at what's actually happening, the police are being sicked on good, innocent people. Hiring more police today without changing the underlying policies that the police are enforcing is the worst possible idea you could come up with. And and that and they have no idea. They don't understand why it's not popular. That's why it's not popular. People aren't stupid. I do. Well, I'm going to disagree with you right there. <laughs> no, no. And people really are stupid. And every time I hear a pundit say, what do they think? We're idiots. We are idiots. We keep voting for the same people. We, we voted for all of this. So unfortunately, people are stupid. But so, I mean, there's five I mean, weeks to the election. No one's going to run strongly. There on are the, even uh, people on, on our right. side that aren't don't have the point of view that you just were espousing. Yeah, we see it. And we get ticked off about what, the way law enforcement is acting. But I think there are a lot of people on the right would say, yeah, there's a lot of crime going on. I want, I, yeah, give me 200,000 more cops. Right. They just but blindly I, I think, talk back to blue. But that's why you need some intellectual I, person with a brain to, to, you know, if you're going to come up with a policy uh, like commitment to America, how about explaining, you there, know, how about, go ahead. No, it's not, there, there's the, a, a brain, yes, but there also has to be a will. And we know the bigger problem with the GOP is the, a lack of will to take on some of these hot button issues and actually stand up for what the base believes in. You just don't do it. I mean, there's all kind. You're absolutely right. There's like I could probably reel off six hot button issues right now. Have, have you heard him really touching on it? I feel like I don't hear anything from most of these guys right now at all. I mean, it's a joke. No, they don't have a uniform messaging campaign, um, which is obvious because they don't have a message. Um, I, I, you know, more cops in certain crime-ridden areas, if they actually, you know, address the crime. Um, what does crime help? What does cops help when there's no bail laws? Come on. And by the yeah, way, yeah, I'm, yeah, right. I'm conflicted right. about bail as a libertarian, but it's not the problem of cops. The problem is cops don't want to arrest people who are out in two hours. <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's what's going on with the but uh, in New York and whatnot. I, I do think that. Um, you know, the libertarian solution is uh, stop the anarcho tyranny. And, um, you know, that certain groups uh, have uh, no laws apply to them, like the people who get out in two hours, and other groups uh, like the Kyle Rittenhouses of the world and the Jay Sixers, um, uh, various others, you know, have the book thrown at them. And the truth of the matter is, is uh, a liberal interpretation of self defense and the crime would stop. Um, Oh, you mean like uh, DeSantis said? We're a 2A. Yeah, exactly right. Way, That's exactly no, And the problem is that Florida is not a 2A state, okay? Florida, you have to go get a license. It's not constitutional carry. So the truth is that's not something he should be bragging about. Yeah, but it's a it's a, a shall issue state. I have a Florida uh, concealed carry license. so it's But it's, it's not, not constitutional bad. carry. But at no. least he said that we will protect our own property. And at least he came out and said that three of the four people arrested for looting were illegals. Yes, he's he's definitely the best, but he's not running the congressional election cycle in November. Maybe he should be the one. You know what? For his sake, I, had, I hope he doesn't get 
bit in the behind over this hurricane and the insurance market down there because it's a damn mess down there. Florida's got to be the worst state. And, you know, it's probably one thing that may well be a black mark on this record. What's going on well, down there? I don't know if you want to talk about the whole insurance market. Um, there, There is the uh, an idea that the insurance market's all going to go bankrupt down there. It can't possibly pay out these it's things. Some- I have to tell you, as a libertarian, if you want to live in paradise, you need to pay hundred thousand dollars a year for insurance, and that's they not are paying problem. a lot. They are paying a lot for insurance. Well, obviously it's not enough. Payment. Obviously but, not enough. Well, listen, I believe me. I've seen, I've seen people with policies like four thousand, five thousand dollars down down there. The national average is like fourteen hundred. What did and I just say? Got, and you've got to have. Oh, Mike, okay. what was the number I said? Even I said higher. Hundred thousand. If you want to live on Sanibel, okay, you know you're taking a risk. I don't want the taxpayer you. to pay for you to live in Sanibel when I live in Queens. Yeah, and I, I, mean, I, to... I, I totally agree with you. If you want to live in a risk-prone area, then you have to pay whatever the proper rate is to, to live there. But I'm just pointing out that Florida is really messed up. People are paying through the nose. Okay, down. they're not, not paying not through the homeowners. nose. It's because... not just homeowners. You got to have your blood too. No, they know. They know <laughs> yeah. that when tragedy strikes federal taxpayers are going to be giving them money. And that's a really sick system. Okay. Well, as long as New Jersey, as long as there's equity, it's okay. As long as as long as there's equity, there's no reason why you in New Jersey should be paying somebody to live in paradise. Absolutely no reason. And I'm sick of hearing about insurance companies. They're not charging rates. If you can't afford to live in Sanibel, come live with me in Queens. There's no free market in insurance. None. We know that. The whole thing is a it's a mess. Right. So unfortunately, unfortunately, they're going to blame it on DeSantis when it has nothing to do with DeSantis. Has to do with there is no free market in insurance. Well, true, true, but charge they need to charge. True, but the Republicans run the legislature down there. He's the governor. There have been some changes with their insurance market, and you know how these things go. I mean, I see it. People are blaming him for taking the money from the big insurance. And that's why people, that's why all these carriers are leaving. And da, da, da. So I'm just saying. I'm a little bit more upset at DeSantis for standing behind Biden when Biden said, at least now we all agree on climate change. <laughs> yeah, that was not good. But, we, it, but appearing with Biden at all. Um, we didn't know, hug this, him, but he did appear with Oh, yeah, I mean, the, you knew he was going to blame it. Didn't on I bring that up. I thought I brought that up recently. You did. I, I took it from you, Mike. Chris, Chris, Christie and Obama. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, you kind of have to appear with him from the standpoint of we're all working together to get this uh, cleaned up. But on the other hand, you knew that he would turn it into a. Um, OK, let's be careful. We know Biden's not writing his lines. OK. Now, whoever wrote those lines, I think definitely did it to stick it to DeSantis. And Absolutely. With him in the camera, I don't know what DeSantis could have done to avoid that. I don't think it's a good a good look whatsoever for him, since that is what they're going to, you know, hit him over the head with when he runs for president. Yeah, yeah, of course they are. they're going to use anything they can. Um, they have been singularly ineffective at uh, turning the people of Florida against uh, DeSantis. Apparently, he did organize the rescue relief efforts uh, uh, very 
well in the sense that no, they're not uh, going to turn Floridians against them. They they forget about Florida. They're talking about the country. I agree with mm. you. Florida is going to be super popular. He's apparently done an unbelievably fantastic job. And by the way, again, libertarian wise, it is not the governor's problem if people don't evacuate. Nobody gets to say I didn't evacuate because daddy didn't tell me to evacuate. If you're a big boy and you own a house, you decide when to evacuate. Uh, and I by the wish I wish he would come out and say that. It's not my business to tell people to evacuate their, their adults. Right. And, you know, listen, I know people who were staying put and easily could have gotten uh, the worst of this storm. Well, let me, um, let me put on my conservative hat here and, and say that um, uh, I agree with you from the libertarian perspective, but the complete and utter dissolution of the family unit uh, with everybody living in, you know, in 18, all your family living in 18 different states, and I'm just as guilty about this as, as anyone. Um, when grandma, who happens to live in Florida, because that's where grandmas go to live, uh, when she needs help evacuating, you know, her, her son's in Seattle, her daughter's in Minneapolis, and, uh, you know, they both got grand, grandkids and, and they can't be flying to Florida and nobody's flying to Florida. People are getting out of Florida and fly to Florida, get grandma. You know, so there's there's a lot of this. It's not the that, governor's job. Period. I'm not saying it's the governor's job. I'm saying that the family, the dissolution of the family geographically, which is caused by our particular economic uh, situation in the last you know, 20, 30, 40 years um, has made it difficult for elderly people. My mom's elderly. There's no way she could evacuate on her own. Um, I would have to go up and help her. Luckily, I'm- No, you don't have to go. And you could have called me up and said, I will give you $50,000 to get you, you know what, down there and evacuate her. But it's not the government's mm -hmm. problem. And you knew when you moved her down there, listen, my whole family lived down there. You knew when they moved down there that this is what they're subject to. It's nobody else's problem. They get to live in paradise. We don't. They need to deal with it. They knew about the hurricane. I'm so sick of hearing about what the government has to do for people living in paradise. But I don't, I don't know that there was just elderly people that died down in the Fort Myers area. I'm sure there were plenty of, of regular the only reason oh. the government should be involved is if they shut the bridges and didn't let people evacuate, then I get it. But if there are ways to evacuate, it's up to people to evacuate. Of course. Uh, yeah, it's called responsibility. Yeah, yeah. what a term. <laughs> what? What, a, what a concept. And you know, also the 100 people dying, and again, I don't know who died and how they died, but we always forget that 7,500 people die every day and how many would have died without the hurricane. And you know, the thing with the COVID numbers. Yeah. Is that a horrible number? Is it not a horrible number? I have no idea. I mean, how many people die in Chicago the average month? A lot. Of, of murder. Depends on how many bullets are sold. Right. But it's a lot more people probably get murdered in Chicago every month than get killed in a hurricane in Florida. So. It's a natural disaster. And the natural expectation is some people won't survive, unfortunately. Some people won't. That's, that's yeah. And, and it could happen even if you do the right thing. Okay, I want to move back to Biden and Ed M. I want to bother you for a minute because we're talking about Biden pardoning his son. There's a story out there that he either did or is going to blanket pardon every marijuana user. Have you seen the story? 
I did see that. seen the story, but I'm aware of the story. I've heard about it, but I haven't read any details. Now, it's no secret that I'm for legalizing marijuana. However, does it, I always thought a president can't blanket pardon. I thought he had to pardon individuals. What, what's the truth? I don't know the answer, but my sense would be the same as yours. I think that a pardon is an is a personal thing. I don't think I don't think that he can just waive the law. Right, because I think whether during Trump or someone else, they were saying he'd have to like literally sign for every single person. And this story is out there. He is literally saying anybody who was convicted of a federal marijuana thing is off the hook. That's so I don't know what's going to happen with it. I don't even know where it's holding. Did he do it or is he going to do it? it I wasn't clear. You guys hear anything more specific about it? No, but it does sound like it's one toke over the line. <laughs> I, you know, uh, let's 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 be honest, right? Uh, the number of people in federal prison for simple possession is got to be in the single single digits. It's crazy. The, the idea that there are these large number of people in federal prison for simple possession of marijuana is like, oh, I have a bad. And they were played. They were played down and the from FBI. And the FBI comes and arrests you and throws you in prison for mm -hmm. ten years. The the idea that there are people in this is ridiculous. There's nobody in prison. No, the people. There are plenty of people who are in prison who are, had pled down from pled down, right. or right. whatnot. But even then, even then, I can't even imagine pleading down to simple possession on a federal level. I, I just, it, I, I mean, if, if, if somebody is like, you know, trafficking marijuana and, uh, and they're, you know, arrested by the local cops, thrown in jail for a couple of weeks and, you know, whatever. But for the FBI to come and arrest someone for you know, for for trafficking marijuana, and and then some DA pleads it down to simple possession with jail time. Now, it's not so simple possession, which would give probation, right? But simple possession, and then oh yeah, you get two years in jail. That this that just just doesn't happen. I'm sorry, I, I don't believe there's anyone. I mean, if there is one, I would like to know the circumstances of that case and the pleading down because no one, if you're pleading down to simple possession is going to give you time. It's just not gonna happen. Wait, are you publicly, I, I are that, you publicly calling for anyone who falls into that category to come on our show next week? Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, anyone okay. who is in prison or who has been in prison, federal prison, federal that's, prison, that's the other or thing. simple possession. I, if you're, yeah. That, that, that's the other thing. I'll pay, I mean, you. I'll pay I, I, you to come on. I'm sure that Biden himself hasn't prosecuted anyone like that. I doubt Trump did. And I bet Obama didn't. I mean, if anyone did get jail time for marijuana possession, they've probably all been released by now. That's probably a good point. No, but pardoning them at least wipes off their record, right? True. So I don't know. And I don't even know who's who's talking about this issue, but I was curious about the legality and who gets to determine. Does the Supreme Court get to determine what the president's powers are? Say that again. Does the Supreme Court get to determine what the president's powers of pardon are? I think there is a um, I think there are cases related to this and that there cannot be blanket pardons. I think there have to be individual pardons. Um, you have to pardon John Doe and Jane Smith and George Foreman, whatever. Uh, 
you know, you can't just issue a blanket pardon. I know Jimmy Carter kind of did uh, with the um, right. He did it with the draft with the, dodgers, right? With the draft dodgers, but that was more a we're not going to prosecute. That was in more of an amnesty. Yes, that was amnesty. That wasn't um, a pardon. It wasn't taking people who are in prison and getting them out. He probably did that too, but that had to have been done on an individual basis. But that was sort of the, you know, okay, if you fled to Canada, avoid the draft, you can come back. We're not going to prosecute. Um, and uh, the, the interesting thing is, I, again, I know it's a federal crime. I get it. I know there are significant penalties for, you know, possessing Schedule One drugs without a Oh, no, that you can't get prescription, just possessing schedule and drugs. Okay, I, this I is interesting. Don't think okay? People and have done it. The Epic Times article says no people are currently in federal prison solely for possession of marijuana, a Biden administration official told reporters on a call. And basically, it says there's 6,500 people who have convictions on their record, and he's trying to clear their records. So I'm kind okay. of afraid about looking at it that way. There is nobody in jail, so we don't have to set aside time for our show next week for that. Yeah, well, that's what I figured. As for the 6,500, again... That's over 19 I, years or something, over 20, 30 years. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know the circumstances of those 6,500 individual cases. I, I don't... And it also says a D.C. law, because it's in D.C., because it's a federal... Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the local cops in D.C. are federal cops, too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I get it. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I, that's I didn't, the game. I forgot that. Yeah, that's the game. Right. Okay. So it sounds that, make, that makes really sense. not much yeah. of anything. And the park police, I guess, you know, somebody's spoken dope in some federal park. They don't like that. They really don't like that. So they can arrest you. And that's a federal uh, crime, too. I had forgotten. Uh, okay. and I apologize to the entire audience. There for you me being in an effort guy. not to be totally negative, Louisiana came out with a wonderful thing. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this story. Louisiana is disinvesting from BlackRock specifically because of ESG. I think that's a super refreshing thing. I think it's something we've talked about in some form or another about states doing something. What do you guys think of that? Fantastic. Good. Yep. I think if your name is Think, you really got to go out of your way to prove uh, that that's not, not true. Yeah, I think we have to be careful that we're not talking about the Jewish part of the name. We're talking about the name part of the name. Oh, is is he Larry Fink? Is Larry Fink right? Is he Jewish? I don't know, but Fink, Fink is generally a Jewish name. Oh, Fink is generally a Jewish name. So we, we have okay. to be careful. We're not knocking the Jewish part of the Fink name. We're knocking the <laughs> Fink part of the Fink name. What's interesting is Louisiana, the first state, and where are the other states? Because this would, I assume, have an effect. There's a lot of money here. Well, I know that the I saw an interview that Tucker did on his daily show with the utah uh i don't know if it was the attorney general it might have been the state auditor or the state controller where they were talking about where he was saying that they're going to try and de uh de-invest from blackrock and all the esg companies now are there people and we've spoken about this i think in other contexts can someone who has their pensions invested in BlackRock, sue the state and saying you're losing money by disinvesting from BlackRock? I think generally not. I mean, it depends on the, the plan arrangement. I mean, the, the plan administrator is a fiduciary and is given certain discretion to make investments in the interests of the fund. And I think that they have to make disclosures as to what's going to be in 
you know, when you, if you have a 401k and they have, you know, 10 different options, they'll have, they have to disclose what's an option A, what's an option B, what's an option C. And they, I think they just have to disclose it. I don't think, I don't think that there's any. He doesn't have to invest it in the best return. Well, you'd have you. Well, that would be easy to prove that ESG is not the best return, right? I mean, so that that that's that's a go nowhere, especially in Louisiana. Oh. No, but I mean, I mean, if you, I don't know if you have a, you know multiple plans at your at your job, Stephen. But usually there'll be different choices. You know, you can have the you know the the capital, you know the you know the the really risky investments, the the bond investments, the uh, the moderate risk investments. I mean, you can have different types of investments. I mean, they're not obligated to get the highest return because the highest return is also going to have the highest risk. So they balance it. Okay. I mean, and that's up to whom? Who who decides where the state invests their money? Well, I think uh, there's you, know, a, you have the business judgment. Usually the business judgment rule is going to protect the, the, firm, the asset managers from from the decisions they make as long no, as I'm they- talking about state pensions not businesses the state pensions right but the state pensions are going to be invested through some sort of a plan right there's going to be a plan it's going to be a it's not going to be a four maybe a 401k or a 403 plan and it's going to have different types of funds that you can invest in and they'll disclose you know this one is you know this one only invests in treasuries this one invests in uh you know, tech funds. This okay, one maybe am I making a mistake? When the police department has, I don't know, $100 billion in a pension fund, isn't mm-hmm. that invested by the state in one lump sum controlled by a controller or something? Oh, that part. Okay. Um, it is, but again, I think that that's, I, I think that they're just going to have, uh, the, the business judgment rule is still going to protect the front, the, the money managers who are making those investment decisions. I mean, what other alternative would there be? You can have a judge second guessing whether or not the plan administrator is making the best investments. I think you're going to have to show some sort of, you know, bad faith. I mean, in general, the the plan uh, the plan manager is going to be able to make investments in his own business judgment in good faith. Well, I guess you could actually flip the question back to me. If it were true that you could sue, and if Fed Powell was correct that ESG is lousy investments, then why wouldn't people already be suing and saying you can't invest in ESG companies? I mean, that's uh, I, yeah. I mean that that would be hard to prove, but I don't see why you couldn't try if you had the you know million dollars to mount a lawsuit. The, the one federal pensions. The, the one federal thing that might solve this problem, as we know, we all have 401ks. And some 401ks invest in like mutual funds or, or things like that, others in, or EFTs, some invest in like individual stocks. So mine is mostly individual stocks, some funds. And um, I get to vote my shares of individual stocks, but some guy in New York gets to vote my shares in the funds. And and I realized that this is a difficult solution and could never have worked back in the day, but now we have computers. And so that's the idea that, okay, you get to vote your shares in the funds if you want, but you're taking away the power of the fund managers to vote 
the fund, the fund shares. See, right now, who owns public companies, right? I mean, basically, yes, I have 10 stocks of or 10 shares of Tesla or whatever. But the people who own public companies, the people who control them are the 300 or so fund managers in New York, all the same. You know, they're all stamped out of the same mold. You can read the various like books about what they are. They own the entire economy because they vote a majority of all the shares of all the public companies because they're the fund managers, right? So the idea is these companies, you know, do what they say because uh, they own everything. I mean, you may have a chair or two here, but you have not enough to own these companies. The fund managers control them. The whole economy is owned by these 300 guys in New York. So the idea would be to take away their power to vote the shares that they control and to give it to the people who actually own them. That is the the people who own the funds, then they have no power to control the board. They have no power to tell what the board what to do. Um, it, they still have some power because they are the fund managers. They can say, okay, I'm going to put this stock in this fund or take this stock out of this fund. And that's a huge amount of power, but they don't get to impose their will on these companies. And um, that is the federal solution to that problem. I don't have any uh, my, my libertarian hat has nothing to say bad about that. My conservative hat has nothing to say bad about that. Just take the, these 300 people, own the whole country, take that power out of their hands and give it back to the people who actually own the fund shares. And, and th this is a suggestion that has been put forward by Republicans. Okay. Um, you mentioned Tesla. I'm trying to reach Elon Musk's hairdresser. Because only his hairdresser knows for sure. Will he or won't he? Will he or won't he? Buy Tesla? He will. Uh, buy Twitter? Yes, he is. It's going to happen. I heard it's not happening. I heard that they're holding him up. They're saying, unless you agree to not fire anybody, unless you agree to not reinstate everybody, we're not selling it. They just sued him to... I don't... That yeah, is true, I mean, but that's what I'm also before. hearing. That right now, even though he's saying, I will buy it at full price, they're saying no. Uh, yeah, I heard that too. They're just not gonna. I mean, they're they're just pushing it off because they don't want Trump to come back before November eighth. They're just going to push it off until after the election. Um, but they, they have no. It's going to go through. Oh yeah, I mean, they're just they're just trying. I mean, because if he if he took over tomorrow, like he has the money, he takes over tomorrow. I make my fifty bucks, um, and uh, you know he issues an order unban everyone who has been banned for, um, you know, not being a bot, basically. And we're just going to clean the slate and start over again. Um, and uh, that would be the end of the world. I mean, that would be the end of the freaking world. And that's what everybody's fearing. So they're just going to, they're just going to push it off until after the election. Okay, Adam, based on your legal knowledge, can they not sell to him? Is there any way they can get out of it? if he's agreeing to the original contract terms that they all signed? I mean, they just sued for specific performance and specific yes. performance means we want to enforce the deal as is. I, I think it'll be, they, it, if he wants to go forward, if they both decide they don't want to do it, I suppose they could just both walk away. But if he wants to buy it, I don't think they can put new conditions on the sale that aren't in the original terms of the deal. And if you, remember, if you, he 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 wanted to buy Twitter. 
he threw this out there because he didn't like the banning. But then he's thought about it for six months or eight months or however long it's been. And he's decided, no, Twitter isn't the play. The play is the this thing he's calling X, the, the app for everything. Uh, it's going to be a combination of, of Twitter, of course, but also, you know, messaging like Facebook Messenger and uh, payments like PayPal. He originally was one of the inventors of PayPal. And we're, he's going to make a, a big play in this app that does everything market. And that's what's driving him now. He, he sees it's not just we're not just going to restore free switch to Twitter because I like the Babylon B. It's like, no, I see this play that's going to uh, destroy Facebook, basically. Uh, and I, I don't know whether he's right or not, but that's what he that's what changed his mind. And you can see that in the text messages that were released. That's going to. Uh, Sorry, my phone went off. Well, we had an echo there. Okay, so we all think it's going to go through. We think if it does go through, he will reverse um, most of the deplatforming. Well, he's got to fire Paragagawal and and uh, uh, Bijaya. Elon again offered the between okay. Elon Musk and Twitter. Oh, sorry, I got to shut this off. But I see it says here this is ABC News. Yesterday's story, Elon Musk accused Twitter of failing to accept his restored offer to purchase the social media platform. Yes, that happened. But I mean, that's again, it, they can only delay it. It's going to happen. And they want to delay it because they don't want to be ordered to restore Trump in particular, but all these other people before the election. That's, that's two years away. No, no, this election. This election. Yeah, oh, okay. this election. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> okay. Any other issues people want to cover? You want to talk about equity? <laughs> Are you going to give us equal to talk about it? Of course. Okay. It'll be very equitable. Talk about equity. No, I, th I think it's, it's interesting. You know, we talked about it through our, uh, our own little messaging platform about how um, we got Kamala talking about dispersing Hurricane Ian aid based on equity. We have the Fed talking about implementing policies based on equity. And I feel like we're like trip, doubling, tripling, quadrupling down and everything that led to the 2008 housing bubble. You know, we're just going to do all, all these things to the benefit of, you know, minority groups, and it's not that we haven't had wealth redistribution forever, but this is really, a, to me, it's just, you know, a huge power play. It, to me, it's almost like implementing all the things that Al Sharpton used to do when he was in New York and had the shakedowns down to a T. It's basically making government policy out of, out of shakedowns and guilting the rest of us into, you know, forking, up, forking over taxpayer money to go to all their special interests. So it is, it is actually, in some respects, pretty disgusting, though, when you're talking about the tragedy of the hurricane and like we talked about before, people dying and, and, and things like that. And to start to inject, you know, racial stuff. Is Kamala it. done? Amazing. 
I guess you're not done until you're done. Right. I mean, she's still, did a, you heart see the, she's still a heartbeat. Did away. you, did you see the, um, the YouTube video, which interspersed clips of uh, Kamala Harris with uh, clips of Julie Louis Dreyfus on Veep, which is a great show. Yeah, by I the think way. I did see that. It's yeah. a great show. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, she is just, she is just classic cringe. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine her doing anything in 24. I mean, the left is, is starting more and more to go after. I don't know what they're going to do, but I think Ed M's right. I think they want to get rid of Biden and I think they want to get rid of her. God knows who they're going to replace them with. But well, I'll, I'll stick to my original prediction from some time back that she'll be the one to go first. How? By the way, they got rid of Ben Sass, apparently. <laughs> How'd they do that? He's going to become president of the University of Florida. Really? Yep, that's the story that's out there now that he was the only one that's still on the uh, search thing. Um, I guess yeah, he's going to leave at the end of the year, right? Exactly. One, one way to get rid of Kamala would be to find her, you know, some better job, make her president of, I don't know, World Bank or something. You know, give her a graceful out. Like, give wouldn't that be funny? Her in charge of the world bank. That yeah, it would be funny. That would be classic. <laughs> I that just would pulled out and Adam. Put her in charge of. Put her in charge of the NFL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's what um, Condoleezza Rice wants is to be in charge of the NFL. Yeah, but Kamala Harris has all of the proper uh, credentials that Rice did, doesn't she? I don't think so. They're not both black females. Condoleezza Rice knows football. I understand. <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. not what, that's not what's important, Ed. <laughs> what's important is the historic nature of it all. In today's NFL, you're right, but my son loves the NFL, so I would hate to see it destroyed in that way. They're doing a good enough bang-up job destroying themselves. Speaking of hairdressers, will he or won't he? Is Brady getting divorced? Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's harsh, man. I just, uh, you know, it, it's the old uh, sexist line that no matter how beautiful uh, a woman is, some, someone somewhere is uh, sick and tired of sleeping with her. And uh, I guess um, that's what's happening with uh, Brady and Giselle. Too bad. Yeah. Call her me shocked. May have, may have to edit that one out if we're going to stay on YouTube. That at least Twitter will. Oh, keep we're it. off YouTube. That's I, right. right. You're not right. Worry about maybe that. maybe Twitter will take <laughs> us back anyway, despite these horrible comments that people are making. Okay, Mike, that was equity. Any other big issues we want to cover before we uh, sign off? Well, in the last you know nine days since our last show, the the threat of nuclear war has really increased. I don't know if there's a whole lot to talk about other than how reckless the Biden administration is and and more generally how every single thing they do is aimed at hurting us and hurting our allies if if they were if they were paid chinese agents that were trying to destroy the country they would do the exact same things that they're already doing well some would say that biden is a paid chinese agent well that's why i chose that analogy ed p wow. let me ask you this question these things mm -hmm. they talk about tactical nukes and stuff Mm -hmm. small is something that's nuclear and still be nuclear like what are we talking about here uh, um, <laughs> I don't know uh, you know uh, nuclear cloud. weapons come 
nuclear weapons come in all sizes. You know, uh, it's it's like it, on Amazon when you order them, you can you can pick the size, and uh, uh, you could get uh, small ones um, down to like 0.1 kilotons, and you get big ones up to like. Okay, so the smallest one, what does that? Ten do? megatons. Uh, well, um, it uh, nuclear. Okay, uh, nuclear weapons uh, uh, have three basic effects. Uh, the first is um, well, four basic effects. The first is uh, prompt radiation, so you know um, the neutrons that come out and that can kill people. The second is blast, um, so it's overpressure just like any other explosive and that can kill you. And then the third is um, fire, you know, uh, burn, burns, um, infrared radiation basically, which can kill you. And then the fourth is, um, is delayed fallout where you have radioactive material spread over a large area and that, you know, it potentially can kill you. So um, those are the four things that it does. Um, the, the uh, the design of the weapon, um, you can choose which one is more um, powerful than the rest. Uh, you can you can basically uh, design weapons that have more radiation and less blast and thermal and you, or you can have more blast and less. You know, you, there there are design parameters. Um, if we, uh, he's not going to get we, one, is he? <laughs> No, yes, I'm going no, to, going I'm going to, to for a nuclear bomb. Uh, I'm going, this is the, this is the book. This is the, um, if I can get it with the stupid thing. The effects of nuclear something. Yeah, here, let's turn off the, turn off the virtual But background. in other words, is, um, are there bombs that are smaller than the ones we dropped on Japan? Yes, the one here, here you want to know what, uh, this is unclassified, uh, all the unclassified information you want to know about the effects of nuclear weapons along with charts and, and graphs and equations and you know this is it this is the book and uh so yes the ones we dropped on hiroshima and nagasaki were between 10 and 20 kilotons and you know the the ones that um are the modern ones can come you know at um a tenth or even a hundredth of the size of those um and it they can come so it's not the end of times. the world if he used a small nuclear weapon, is it? No, they're not particularly um, militarily useful. Uh, the the plan, uh, the United States plan in the Cold War, um, was uh, like if you have a massed armor, massed like a thousand tanks, all kind of pushed together, going through the Fulda Gap in Germany, trying to push into West Germany, then, uh, you know, a series of low yield nuclear weapons could take out that mass of tanks. And that was in fact our uh, strategy back then because we didn't have the troops to, uh, or the artillery to do that. So that's kind of the one kind of military use that we have for nuclear weapons. If there's massed armor, um, massed infantry, you can, you can kill them. The thing is that uh, that's not happening in Ukraine. There, there are no masses of anybody in the Ukraine side. The Ukraine side uh, has, uh, since the beginning of the war, uh, learned to be very, very spread out. Because if you're massed together, you can be attacked by regular artillery and killed. So they have learned not to mass together. So I don't think 
it would be particularly militarily effective. Um, I do think that if he blows up, uh, oh, and if you if you can blow up a nuclear weapon on the ground, which creates a lot of fallout, or you can blow it up in the air, which covers a larger area, but creates less fallout. Um, and I think the first time a radioactive cloud from a uh, nuclear weapon detonation in Ukraine wafts over Poland, they're going to invoke Article 5 and we're going to get a war between well, NATO and Russia. All nuclear weapons do that. That's what I'm trying to figure out. If he drops a, a small nuclear weapon in Donbass area, is that going to affect Poland? Uh, well, it, uh, no, but the, it, the, there's a difference between effect and detect, right? It's certainly going to be detectable in Poland, whether if, whether any, and of course, everybody's just deathly afraid of radiation uh, because they haven't read this book, but um, the, they'll be able to, detect, it depends on if the wind blows, you know, west, then it won't go over Poland until it gets around the around the world but it's you know you can detect very low levels of radiation so but steven i remember when i was in like seventh grade uh, there was seventh or eighth grade there was the last chinese test uh, atmospheric test and uh we were all told to stay indoors um when the um oh. when the fallout uh came over the east coast and that was a test in I, I think I saw a, re a recent PSA that all we need to do is get inside and wash ourselves with soap. But it's Stephen, you suggested that maybe it's not such a big deal. I don't think that the I don't think that Biden might be pressing it, pushing for. I don't think that Biden is trying to provoke Putin into using a nuke for military purposes. I think it's political. I think if Putin uses a nuke, maybe that's an excuse to reimpose a whole bunch of lockdowns and other violations of civil liberties. Maybe it's an excuse to to alter the voting system. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, crises and emergencies are what the government has used in the last two years to violate our rights. And I, I think that that's what's going on right now. So, you know, if I'm understanding you correctly, knowing you for two years on the show, you're saying it could actually be a positive for the Biden administration for Russia to use a small nuke. Well, somebody once said, never let a crisis go to waste. And I think that that might be what, what's at play That's here. That's a pretty sad, sad way of looking at it. And you probably have a point. That's really interesting. Yeah, I, I think I think the crisis, um, you know, if, they, if, if Russia was stupid enough to use it, I mean, look, they're going to, well, why would it be stupid? That's what I'm saying. In other words, if they used a small thing and what are we going to do? We're not, you know, bombing Moscow. Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm not in charge of American policy, but there are plenty of things the United States and NATO could do um, to, quote unquote, to militarily punish Russia uh, for using a nuclear weapon. What did Petraeus um, the, say the other day? My gosh. You What's heard? that? Trace is a moron. You heard what he said the other day? If Russia used Petraeus? we would wipe out their entire fleet. We would wipe out all their armies. Yeah, what is that? Um, well, those the two the two obvious things are Kaliningrad, which is that enclave of Russia on mm -hmm. the Baltic that is separated from from Russia. We could just you know take that. Um, that would uh, you know essentially occupy that and use that 
as a um, uh, bargaining chip for them getting out of Ukraine. Uh, we could also destroy their forces in Crimea uh, fairly easily. Um, they have ships there. They have soldiers there. They have, and and Crimea is obviously part of Ukraine, not part of Russia. So, um, you know, those are two things we could do uh, in a non-nuclear fashion that would um, that would punish Russia. I and think we you know, cannot taking... do any of those things because we're afraid they'd use real nukes. Which is I'm going to go back to Ed, what Ed Maslisch is saying, which kind of makes more sense. We're not bombing Moscow, and we're not going to fight Moscow if they use nuclear weapons. It's not happening because it's still mutually assured destruction. And I think Ed right. Maslisch's point is kind of interesting that, on the contrary, it wouldn't be a horrible thing for us if they used a nuclear weapon because look what it would let the world do. We could crack down well, somebody think... to save them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the, the United States would not bomb Moscow uh, if uh, they used a nuclear weapon in Ukraine. I think the United States would uh, do proportionate response, which has been our policy since I don't know. Johnson. I don't even know if we would do anything. But, you know, I guess we're going to have a whole show on Sununu because I have a right. Like, they're they're going to have their like economic a, crisis to be able to do whatever they want, really. So. What did we do after 9-11? Did we go after Saudi Arabia? No, we sick the, T the TSA and the Department of Homeland Security against American citizens. I think the same thing would replay itself right now. Right. I don't think I'm sure there is a I'm sure there is a Patriot 2 electric boogaloo sitting in a drawer somewhere at uh, the Department of Justice that uh, would be immediately sent to uh, the Congress for a passage, uh, because of course we can't have any domestic terrorists in this nuclear situation. Um, and remember, any Putin supporter is a terrorist, right? Is a terrorist, right? That's, well, that's, that's, that would be the there game are plenty of right? people on the right. There are plenty of people on the right who actually still like Putin because of it being based on the whole uh, gay uh, issue. Well, I wasn't going to bring it up, but it is notable, of course, how the media acts in lieu of what happened with the pipeline the whole idea that they're trying to pin it on putin is just absolutely absurd you know he could he, it wasn't like they were using the pipeline at this point anyway maybe 20 percent was being pumped out so it, well, they're he, both if, they're, if he, they're both zero they're yeah. both zero right i now. mean if he if he wanted it to go to, to zero, they could have turned the knob and it would have been zero but it's, well, it really it, it really is fascinating how the media you know, continues to pound this whole drum about your. You know, I think I asked this before. If they went into Tucker's house and arrested him with the FBI, nothing anybody could do about it. No, I would nothing think I would hope that he's preparing for that right now. How doing what? I'm not sure, but I would think that he's well aware of what has happened to John Eastman and. Uh, Roger Stone and all these other people that he's that Tucker has brought on his show and interviewed and talked about. He's not stupid. I, I would I would be shocked if he's not taking pre precautions to protect himself. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised, I'm surprised, you know, Don uh, Gino says all the time, he goes, I know they could just come to my house and take me. And uh, I'm surprised Tony Bobolinsky hasn't gotten it. Yet. Yeah, I'm a little surprised he hasn't uh, shot himself in the back of the head. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think he will go down. He's asking for it, isn't he? All right, folks. He does have a lot of money. What's that? 
Tucker has a lot of money that can hire a lot of lawyers. That makes a difference. We're not entirely a totalitarian state. I don't know that Tucker could hire any lawyer, actually. I don't buy that. Okay. The the bar is pretty strong, just like there's nobody who can help J6ers and there's nobody who's going to defend Trump. If the bar lets everybody know, if you defend Tucker, you will never get another job anywhere. It's not happening. Yeah, that's true. So I don't, I don't know. You know, look what happened to Dershowitz, who's, you know, moved a little bit right. And now he can't go to parties on Cape Cod anymore. I think lawyers yeah. are very uh, scared to defend anything. So It'd I mean, right. Tucker's not stupid, but what could he do? I mean, where does he live? I mean, he moved to Maine, didn't he? Did he? he I live- thought he's still in D.C. area. He's not. He does not live in the D.C. area, although he has the house here. He, he lives primarily in Maine, and he also has a house in Florida. I mean, maybe he's got a fortress. Maybe he's got, you know, a wall around his property and armed guards protecting it. Yeah, I mean, the I walls know. don't help, unfortunately, as we know. They, they have heavy equipment. He could, have, he could have some tactical nukes that he bought on Amazon. That There you go. That he bought. You know, there was one other story before you go, Steve, and... Uh, you know, North Korea fired a couple of mis- uh, ballistic missiles across right. the Sea of Japan, at, you know, at Japan, into Japanese airspace. And, you know, whether that's just Rocket Man being a little loony or if China is, is directing its client state to, to be provocative, we don't know. But Do you uh, think really he's do, upset it? that the FBI found his love letters to Trump in Mar-a-Lago? Maybe that's why he's uh, acting out. Well, maybe it was because Kamala said that they, you know, were, uh, they have a good alliance with them. I mean, does it matter that he did that? That is there any real? It's hard to tell because he's such a loon. But I mean, we've been talking also, for for a long time about China potentially invading Taiwan, and maybe that's just part of creating some instability in that region and diverting attention while the Chinese are preparing what they're going to do. Now, Japan, know. basically, what did they do? They, I don't remember, they, they didn't lock their people down. What did they do? No, they, but everyone went to bomb shelters. They did go to bomb shelters. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I guess, for them, it's a big deal. I mean, would we take that if some country shot a missile over the peninsula of Florida? And, you know, I mean, the Japanese just sit there and take it. <laughs> what can they do? The thing is about the missile, the uh, the missile thing is this, and I think people don't understand it. So I'm going to try and explain. When a launch happens like that, it is immediately detected by space, you know, resources. We have satellites. I don't know whether we have uh, 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 infrared. I don't know whether we have radar satellites that can track it immediately, but we certainly have radars in ships in the sea, and and they. They track it. And the thing about ballistic missiles is they're ballistic, which means they don't maneuver. And so um, they do a predicted course for the missile as it burns. And then they do a, a when the, it burns out and it, you're in the ballistic phase, they do a, a predicted course for the, um, the warhead. And we are not going to shoot at it unless it's headed for a populated area, because that would give away our, you know, our abilities. That would tell the enemy what our abilities are to shoot stuff down. So we're just gonna let it go. And that's what happened. And people were like, we should have shot it down, we should have shot it. No, if we see that it's not going to go towards um, 
a populated area, then we're not going to give away our capabilities. And I think people don't understand that. Um, this is exactly what Israel does in, um, with the Iron Dome. They track the missiles coming out of Gaza, and they only shoot at the ones that are headed towards a populated area. And that's sane because every anti-missile missile that you have, like the, in the Israeli Iron Dome or, or in the United States, um, you know, costs a lot of money. So we're not going to shoot them uh, because that tells the enemy what capability we have. And, um, and that doesn't mean it isn't provocative. It isn't, you know, in some sense illegal, because if you are going to do a launch like that, you're required by international law to tell everybody and give some sort of notion of the trajectory. Obviously, neither China nor North Korea are part of that uh, are part of that uh, you know, treaty, but they, you know, it, they should still do it because you know, it cause problems if they don't. Does Japan so, have um, any military? Oh yeah, defense force. They have a they have a defense force. But we have a lot of uh, stuff in Japan too, and in South Korea, obviously. South, yeah, Korea, South Korea, yeah, but I... yeah. All right. The, the okay. more interesting thing is, you know, it, do we have anything? And I don't know the answer. That's why I'm speculating. Do we have anything that um, that can take down a ballistic missile in in the boost phase? And uh, we used to work on a program called the airborne laser with the idea was this big damn laser um it's really funny uh, since laser happens to be airborne right now it's interesting you bring that up yeah. uh, on a big damn 747 and uh, the idea would uh, be it flying off the coast and when it sees a launch would would um you know laze it until it it fails uh, structurally fails and then blows up so uh but that boeing couldn't get that to work so um well they got it sorted to work anyway it got canceled um, I, again, I guess because, you know, a big fat Boeing 747 flying off the coast is a big fat target for any aircraft missile. So there's a defense issue there too. Um, but, uh, if we do have something that can take it out in the boost phase, that would be very helpful rather than let it go up and then start to come down again before we target it. And I don't know the answer to that. Okay, folks, we ready to sign off going once, twice. Thrice, we will be back next Wednesday, regular time at four o'clock. And we wish everybody a wonderful weekend and a great evening.